לקוטי סיכס, פרק יבס, חלק י"ז, פרק ו'. In the first Mishnah, in chapter 6, פרק ו', we learn, רבי מאיר אמר, כל העסק בתרא לשמה, זכה לדברם הרבה. Whoever occupies himself with Torah for its own sake merits many things. He continues, and not only that, but he is worth the whole world. He is called beloved friend, one that loves God, one that loves humankind, one that gladdens God, one that gladdens humankind. And the Torah clothes him in humility and reverence and equips him to be righteous and pious, upright and trustworthy. It keeps him far from sin and brings him to merit. The Mishnah continues, People benefit from his counsel and sound knowledge, understanding and strength, and it bestows upon him royalty, dominion, and acuteness and judgment. To him are revealed the secrets of Torah, and he is made as an ever-flowing spring, and like a stream that never ceases. And he becomes modest, long-suffering, and forgiving of insult. And it magnifies him and exalts him over everything. All of this are the dvarim harbe, the many things that one merits for studying Torah l'shma, Torah for the sake of Torah study. What type of Jew is this that Rabbi Meir is referring to in his teaching? If he's talking about a Jew who already learns for the sake of Torah itself, does he actually care about the many things that he can merit? After all, he's learning for the sake of Torah itself, and definitely not for the many things that he will merit. But if Rabbi Meir is referring to a Jew who isn't yet at the level of Torah study, just for the sake of Torah itself, Lishma, and the intention is to alert him or to influence him to study for the sake of Torah alone, If he studies so that he now will receive these many things, his learning still won't be Lishma for the sake of Torah study alone. It will be for the many things that he can receive. Perhaps we could suggest that this is similar to Maimonides' explanation in his discussion of the laws of repentance, Hilches Tshuva, that the assurance that a person will receive physical good as a reward for studying Torah and for observing mitzvahs despite the fact that the reward is in no way commensurate with the study of Torah mitzvahs, is so that a person knows that if the study of Torah and observances of mitzvahs is done with joy and a happy heart, the natural complications that might stand in his way of this pursuit will not, and his path will be eased in all ways in order so he can do so. Here, too, When Rabbi Meir says that one who is involved in the study of Torah l'shma will merit many things that will assist him in avoiding all the complications that might get in the way of this. As indeed, Rabbi Meir continues this initial statement saying, and not only that, but he's worth the entire world. Everything in the world will facilitate his study with peace and with calm. This explanation, however, does not suffice. as it addresses only some of the things that Rabbi Meir enumerates that he will receive as merit. But a lot of the others have no connection to things that might stand in his way of studying Torah Lishma to begin with. And some of the things that Rabbi Meir enumerates have no obvious connection to what might be a reward for Torah Lishma specifically. For example, loving God and loving mankind. Loving God and loving one's fellow man is a positive commandment. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. 
A second would be, it keeps him far from sin. Does a person really need the reward of the study of Torah for the sake of Torah to keep him away from sin? Fear of sin and the eventual punishment should be enough for that. Also earlier in the beginning of chapter 2 of Ethics of Our Fathers in Perak Beis and in Perak Gimel chapter 3 were specifically taught the following Mishnah. Histakel begimel dvorim ve'ein ataba lidea vera. Gaze upon three things and you will not come to sin. And the things listed are simple things that upon contemplation will help a person refrain from sinning. A third is that a person will be forgiving of insult. It doesn't seem to be much of a great reward for the great deed of studying Teirul Forgiving someone for hurting and insulting you isn't exactly true bittel, true alignment. Bittel can go much deeper than that to a stage where a person doesn't experience insult to begin with. There are also some points in the actual wording of these things, these dvarim harbe, that a person will receive that need clarification, like the expression the Torah will clothe him in humility, versus a more common usage like through Torah lishma, he will become humble and God-fearing, or even he will come to a state of humility and fear of God. And then the expression, people benefit from his wise counsel and sound knowledge. Why isn't it people ask him for his counsel or people receive his counsel? And third, the expression, it magnifies him and exalts him above everything. What's the ultimate difference between magnifies and and exalts migdaltoi and raimamtoi? Magnifies and exalts. What is the difference? The explanation for this. Rabbi Meir states that we're talking about someone who is involved in Torah for the sake of Torah itself, lishma, which means that he isn't studying Torah for any external or ulterior motive other than the learning itself. There isn't even some holy purpose or end goal to his study, like knowing the law. He learns only to grasp Torah, to study the Torah, and that means that he's studying with great effort and determination with total involvement day and night with consistency like one's involvement might be in running a business, never ceasing to think about this until it consumes him completely and becomes his entire entity in existence. Doing so, he might wonder. The sages say that one who says, I have nothing but Torah, doesn't have Torah either. Torah must be experienced together with acts of kindness. So even someone who is really studying for Torah itself needs to be involved in acts of benevolence and kindness towards others. But getting involved with the needs of others properly, really knowing what the other needs, requires something of you. It requires a refinement, repair of your character traits, which is a separate divine service to the exclusive study of Torah for the sake of Torah. Even if we're talking about mitzvahs between man and God, there's great effort that needs to be made to awaken one's love of God, to arouse one's fear of God. These don't happen on their own without our intense work and effort. The Rambam, Maimonides, teaches in the laws of Yisaydi HaTorah, the foundations of Torah, what is the way for man to come into love and fear God? When a person contemplates his wondrous and great deeds and creations and appreciates his infinite wisdom that surpasses all comparison, he will immediately love, praise, and glorify God, yearning with tremendous desire to know God's great name 
As King David stated, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When he continues to reflect on these matters, he'll immediately, continues Maimonides, recoil in awe and fear, appreciating how he is a tiny, lowly, and dark creature, standing with his flimsy, limited wisdom before he who is of perfect knowledge. So the one who is learning Lishma, for the sake of Torah study itself, will ask if his entire involvement is in Torah Lishma, how will he achieve all the other aspects of divine service? He will, God forbid, be lacking in these important aspects of divine service. If he was involved in Torah study, but not at the level of Torah Lishma, but at the level of study where one wants to learn to know what he must do, including divine service, then his study and his divine service are not at odds with one another, then they enhance one another, his learning would then bring to action and to divine service. But study Lishma with no thought to what he will get out of it or what he will achieve. Just study to grasp Torah means he's in a state where he doesn't consider his own experiences in serving God. There's no time for thoughts regarding his purification or repairing his attributes, his midos. And he certainly has no time to be involved in kindness and acts of benevolence concerning considering the needs of others. So what happens with all of this? Hence, Rabbi Meir teaches, one who is involved in Torah for Torah's sake, sake merits many things. Rabbi Meir doesn't say that he's rewarded with many things. The reward God gives to a person who studies Torah and observes the mitzvahs is commensurate with the Torah that he studies and the actions he fulfills. Even according to the other opinion that the Shalah HaKadosh records, that the rewards for a mitzvah is not a result of the mitzvah itself, rather, it's an indirect impact of a mitzvah, because every mitzvah does have its reward, hence each reward has some connection and likeness even to the mitzvah that it is a reward for. Certainly if the opinion is that the reward for a mitzvah is a natural result of the mitzvah itself, it certainly is commensurate to the mitzvah itself. So too in our discussion. The reward for studying Torah Lishma is commensurate and in line with the ideal of studying Lishma, connection to God who gave the Torah, as Torah and God are one. So you can call the many things that Rabbi Meir says one merits reward, as they don't reflect the idea of Torah study Lishma, just to connect to God who gave us the Torah. This idea that Rabbi Meir teaches is a novel thought. In addition to the reward that results from one's Torah study Lishma, he also merits many things. He receives them as he has merited them, many things that are lower than the level of Torah study Lishma. And these are things that help him in other areas of divine service. These Dvarim Harbe, many things that one who learns Lishma merits, can be divided into two categories. Things that he would receive anyway, without great expended effort, and other things that he receives partial reward for and still require his effort. So he receives these much more easily than another person, but he has to ensure that these are intact in his personal service. Therefore, Rabbi Meir uses the terms that he uses and the words that he uses to word the Mishnah, and the Torah clothes him in humility and reverence, 
and equips him to be righteous and pious, upright and trustworthy. It keeps him far from sin and brings him to merit. These are the things that the person who studies Lishma must work on to receive them fully. His involvement in Torah Lishma only clothes him in humility and awe. These qualities become only a garment through Torah Lishma. The garments are yet external to him, and they aren't imminent and internalized until he makes these qualities his own. His Torah study equips him to be righteous, keeps him far from sin, but he alone must actualize these things and guard himself from sin and acquire merits on his own through his own effort. The same is true for the quality that he is forgiving if someone humiliated him. You see, the Torah, which are God's fiery words, purify one's midos, one's attributes, and therefore one can rise to the occasion of forgiving someone who hurt him. But to not feel hurt at all, and not to feel humiliated to begin with, requires an individual service. On the other hand, there are things that the student of Torah Lishma merits completely, and no effort is required of him. Love of God and of his fellow men, giving joy to God and to his fellow, and the quality that, people's be- that people benefit from his counsel, from his sound knowledge, from his understanding and strength, bestowing upon him royalty, dominion, and acuteness in judgment. Since he is someone who loves all creatures and makes people happy, he has no lack in his behavior between man and his fellow man. In fact, more so, particularly because he is involved in Terulishma, he merits this elevated general intellect and worldly wisdom and can advise people in worldly manners, matters, and people really appreciate and value this in him, and this in turn makes people happy, grateful to have received this valuable guidance. So in Rabbi Meir's teaching, it turns out there's a lesson for the Jew who doesn't learn Torah Lishma as well. One might think to themselves, a person who learns Lishma has to be separated from worldly issues, has to keep isolated from people. He probably has no awareness of things that are happening in the world, because if he does, he likely isn't someone who studies Lishma. And if he's so disengaged from the world, he surely isn't someone who can be depended upon for advice in worldly affairs or in general issues of the community, to which Rabbi Meir says, in fact, it's just the opposite. Specifically because he's involved in the study of Torah Lishma, he merits this completely well-rounded understanding in issues of the world, and it's why people enjoy his counsel. It's really beneficial to those he advises. If he doesn't have a clear understanding of something, he won't advise. So if he advises, it's because he does have this clarity, and it will be the right advice according to Torah's Emes, the Torah of Truth. And even when you think that the advice goes against the grain of common sense, following his advice, which is coming from someone who loves people fully and makes all glad, coupled with the fact that he is someone who is constantly engaged with Torah Lishma, is going to bring great benefit. Now we can also understand the two terms that the Mishnah uses. It magnifies and exalts him above all things, This isn't just a repetitive usage of two words that mean the same thing. According to everything we've said, the personality of someone who's engaged in Torah study, for the sake of Torah, there are two facets to his personality. 
Because of his involvement in Torah Lishma, he transcends all worldly things, as Torah itself does. But because of the many things that he merits due to his study of Torah Lishma, he has a connection to world-centric things, even as these things are lower than his lofty level as one who is involved in the study of Torah Lishma. It's in regard to these two facets or levels that the Mishnah uses these two expressions, magnifies and exalts. Magnifies is a term one can use in comparing him to another who is approximately like him, but is on a lower level in his study. Exalted speaks to an elevated level that is incomparably higher than another. In our discussion of these many things, Dvarim Harbe, which he merits, which have a connection to the physical world, he is bigger than these things that are worldly. But as far as his involvement in the study of Torah Lishma, he remains separate and above all worldly things and is exalted above all things. This level of learning, for the sake of Torah study itself, is not something that all can achieve, and yet the Alter Rebbe teaches that one should begin one's Torah study with this as an aspiration. Because God's Torah is ain't safe, beyond limitation and completely transcendent, it's not in fact something that the human mind can grasp, as the human mind is limited. It's only one's quest for bittel, for alignment with the divine, that makes receiving God's Torah possible. This was the experience at Matan Torah, when we stood at Sinai and declared, Na'asev Nishma, we will do first, then we will hear and seek understanding. This was a declaration of complete alignment with God's will and secured our ability to receive the Torah. And this must be everyone's experience. Before one becomes involved in studying Torah, which is a mitzvah for every Jew, day and night, even when one cannot learn Lishma, one must be stirred by the experience of Kabbalat Torah, the desire to receive the Torah and the desire to be aligned with God's will. Where there is no other intention beyond that and no consideration of self at all. This is why the Mishnah is set up in such a way that it begins with a teaching about acquiring Torah as Rabbi Meir teaches it. Because really, it would seem that first there should be teachings that encourage the study of Torah in general, and only thereafter talk about the study of Torah Lishma the highest level of Torah study. But this Mishnah is studied just before Shavuos, when we prepare to receive the Torah, and we're experiencing this level of complete alignment with God's will and with the Torah, the aspiration to study Torah Lishma, to receive the Torah fully. It is then only after this, after the receiving of the Torah, in this way that we begin the orderly process of Torah study.